Hey, I'm Paul Perry. I'm Kim Hartsock, and you're listening to The Wrap, a Warren Abert podcast for business leaders designed to help you access vital business information and trends when you need it. So you can listen, learn, and then get on with your day. Now, let's get down to business. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap. Looking forward to this discussion, and this is episode 58 really good topic uh, for today. We've got our friends um, with Denton Cerrote here in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Ronald Levitt and Greg Rhodes uh, are going to be joining us to talk a little bit about preparing for all the different types of IRS audits that that may come up. Uh, And uh, likewise, we also have uh, internally uh, one of our partners, Will Adderholt from the Birmingham office. Will, good to have you back on uh, the uh, podcast with us today and uh, look forward to this discussion. Gentlemen, can you give us a quick introduction of yourselves? Good morning. This is Ronald Levitt. I'm shareholder in Denton Sroda here in Birmingham. Been practicing law for a long time. My, My practice has over the years been a little bit varied. In the first 20 years, it was primarily transaction with a little bit of tax controversy. In the last 20 years, it's been mostly tax controversy with transaction on the side. I work with Will on several clients and other other folks in y'all's office and representing closely held businesses. And sometimes it has to do with audits. Sometimes it has to do with planning, but it's a all kind of one big theme of representing closely held businesses. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having us on today. Uh, Greg Rhodes, also with Denton's, a shareholder here. Unlike Ronald, all, all I know and all I've ever done is the, the tax controversy. Um, and, and generally, people think of that as fighting with the IRS. We like to think of it as working with the IRS. And so we spend a lot of time working with the IRS and, and sometimes going to trials. Um, I've been here for the last, I guess, been about 16 years now. And this is Will Adderholt, uh, partner in Warren Averett's Birmingham office. Uh, I do a lot of things on a day-to-day basis, um, but my background is in tax planning. Uh, that's still where I spend a lot of my time, primarily with middle market, privately owned businesses in a, in a lot of different industries, uh, and have the, the honor and, and privilege to work with, with Ronald and Greg a good bit. And I appreciate you guys being on with us and appreciate Kim and Paul having me on again. So we're just going to dive right in. Uh, we'll start, Ronald and Greg, with you. What are some of the issues that you're seeing business owners face with IRS audits? Is there anything that you are starting to anticipate based on your current experiences? Well, Ken, that's a good question. I mean, everybody that, that we're talking to has heard about the uh, the $80 billion in IRS enforcement money, and I know that's that's caught a lot of everybody's attention. Really haven't seen where all that's going to be allocated yet, but one thing we are seeing is that the IRS is really like to focus on certain issues and, and get their employees really geared up in those issues. Right now, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, conservation easement uh, audits, a lot of captive insurance audits. One thing that's kind of interesting is uh, recently, the uh, ERC employment retention credit was scored as an $80 billion cost to the government, which happens to coincide with the $80 billion that was allocated. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of focus there as well. Um, Ronald, do you have any thoughts on what you're saying? I, if you look at the cases that are coming out right now out of the tax court, especially, you'll see that there are a number of areas. We may not be seeing them in Birmingham as much yet. 
but we're seeing a number of cases uh, that deal with whether a deduction is an ordinary or necessary business expense. That's just kind of a plain vanilla audit, and it can, it can boil down to almost any kind of business. We're also going to see a bubbling up of uh, IRS going after unreasonable compensation issues for the few C corporations that are out there. And then another area that I've been following and speaking on for 20 or more years is the planning around the self-employment tax. Uh, there's a real big case that's uh, docketed in the tax court that's going to be coming out, and we're going to—I think—we're going to see the IRS focus on that issue because it really, it particularly bothers people uh, within the IRS that people are skirting the self-employment tax by uh, by using some strategies that we've we've been using for years. So I think those are areas that we're going to see, but you, you really never know if. if for example, uh, there's not that many people who own airplanes, but anybody that does own airplanes needs to worry about the the kinds of issues that they go after for airplanes. Um, there's excise taxes, there's uh, ordinary necessary uh, business expense taxes, and a lot of it has to do with have people properly substantiated their deductions. So it's a, it, the, the focus is going to be, like Greg said, on key areas where the IRS thinks they can make a lot of money. It's like the old adage, why do robbers rob banks. That's where the money is. So in in this case, the IRS is going to go after those areas where there's a lot of money that can be had. And I think one of the common things among all these is it, it's really more of the high income net worth type audits that, that we're seeing. That 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 seems to be the common common thread. Will, when you're working with some of your clients, you know, what are you seeing uh, in your dealings with the IRS from from this side, not maybe just from the case side, but just from the everyday dealings? Um, what are some of the focuses of the IRS uh, that you've seen? I would really, you know, echo what Ronald and, and Greg said in a lot of respects, particularly as it relates to really sort of proactive enforcement in particular areas primarily being conservation easements and uh, captive insurance companies. Those two transactions have been on the IRS's, you know, what they call the dirty dozen listed transaction list for a number of years. And it's really been a focus of theirs with the limited resources that they do have. They've really been targeting those for a number of years. Uh, and I think they'll continue to do so. You know, I, I have had, as you would expect, a lot of conversations with clients about the additional funding that's coming out of, as a result of the Inflation Reduction Act. And what I've been telling folks is, you know, you're reading a lot about them hiring 87,000 enforcement agents. You know, my response to that is good luck finding them. And when you find them, training them. You know, here in my office, we would hire 30 people tomorrow if we could find the right people with the right background that, that you know, could do a good job. And those people just don't exist. And so, I think the IRS is going to have a hard time finding good people to do it. And then once they do training them. So as a general rule too, I would say I'm, I'm going to knock on wood when I say this guys, but you know, I'm not seeing much IRS audit activity outside of conservation easements and captive insurance. I've had a couple of audits around farms, you know, and it's always, there's a couple of always, you know, red flag type things that high net worth taxpayers oftentimes have airplanes, boats, farms, seems to be a common theme. And, you know, we have seen a few audits related to those, but it's been somewhat limited. And I think, again, that just goes back to the IRS not having as much funding, which obviously they're trying to correct now, but I think it's going to be a pretty long runway before they solve that. So, the, you know, I just got back from the ABA Tax American Bar Association 
tax section meeting in Dallas from a couple of weeks ago. And while we were there, Chuck Reddick, uh, who's the commissioner, outgoing commissioner, his last day is November 12th. Um, he spoke to the group and had a, uh, it was an interesting conversation. He, he's a very upbeat guy. I've known him for years. We're friendly from our common involvement with the ABA tax section. And, but he was talking about they're going to go out and hire all these people, but he, he recognizes that there are limitations and how quickly they can do that. And I, I think Will's right. Um, they not only have to hire and train new people, but what Greg and I are experiencing, and I think you're seeing it too, Will. Uh, is that there's a lot of people from the IRS that have been there for decades who are retiring. And so they not only have to replace the the, the people who are retiring, then they got to hire new people. So I, I don't anticipate, I think they're going to have to come up with different approaches to really go after areas. And that's why they're kind of specializing. I, I'll tell you, over the years, we've seen areas where they kind of get locked in and focused. The family partnership area was an area we used to see a lot. You know, there were son of boss transactions, which if you were involved in it, you were involved in it. Otherwise, you wouldn't understand it. Pretty complicated. But eventually they kind of let go. But the captives in the uh, conservation easement areas are two that are just not going away. And I think it's because they've decided they're going to allocate those resources to the to those things. And so, you know, we haven't seen a huge number of those audits, but I've had some of those farm audits with you guys. And they're really... Uh, it, it, it's interesting. They end up kind of going into whether it's a hobby loss or a passive activity loss. And so you're going to see those cases bubble up two or three a year. But again, it's just the high income people because that's that's who's making the money. Yeah. And I think, you know, what, what Ronald and uh, Will are describing are these campaigns that the IRS, they call them campaigns, get on. And it makes sense because it, it costs a huge amount of time and money for them to train up employees in an area and once they get that training set, it's really hard to move forward um, beyond that because they put in the resources. So we've seen these continuing campaigns. And again, I think probably the next campaign that we really anticipate is the the ERC credit, which, you know, like a lot of the others, is a really great tool for taxpayers to take advantage of. But there's always some areas of, of abuse. And, you know, I'm sure y'all are, you know, I understand the accountants are having a hard time because it's a great thing for the clients, but they're also trying to dispel what you shouldn't do. It creates an interesting area for the IRS to focus on. There was actually something in the tax the tax uh, news today that talked about uh, you know there are there are businesses out there help, helping secure those credits, and the CPA organizations of the world are are happy that the IRS is looking at the folks that are not really qualified. I wouldn't say that people who are just specializing in those areas, uh, but not using the CPAs. I mean, our experience in Birmingham and our relationships with the good quality accounting firms like Warren Averett in, in Birmingham, those are the folks we want to be doing that kind of work if, if at all possible, because they've been there, done that. And uh, so I think that it'll be, it was interesting to see that actually in the, the tax press today, that those kind of conversations are happening. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on that, guys. Uh, you know, I, that's usually where I pivot in my conversation with clients when they ask me about the 87,000 new enforcement agents is, you know, it's clearly going to be very hard to find those people and train them. And when you do find them, you know, what's easier if I'm an IRS, if I'm the IRS commissioner, whomever the next person may be, to sit back and go, okay, when I hire these people, what's easier to teach them? Schedule K of the tax code or conservation easement, you know, 
particulars or teach them how to focus on employee retention credit audits, which is, you know, a very focused area where I think, to your point, there's a lot of money, revenue for the IRS to go get. So if I was looking in a crystal ball, you know, I would say that's where you're likely to see a lot of focus going forward. And I think we're starting to see that in sort of the IRS notices they're putting out in the news. You know, they're already starting to sort of, you know, plant those seeds and try to put people on notice that that is a, they know that there's some nefarious actors out there. And I think they're going to focus on those. And I think that if I was, I was the IRS, that's probably where I would focus. Want to receive a monthly newsletter with wrap topics? Then head on over to warrenavert.com forward slash the wrap and subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your inbox. Now back to the show. Thank you for bringing that up. I think that is a lot of what we spend our time on is making sure that we're knowledgeable and aware of current things that are happening as soon as they happen, which is why we started this podcast was to make sure that we were putting out good factual information for our clients to hear so that they were hearing it from us early and often and not hearing it from people who maybe had some you know, different intentions on it. Um, and so thank you for recognizing that. But so moving on, you know, I, I think that it can be very scary, you know. So unfortunately, we're in the middle of, you know, political ad season and and they're really good at at using the IRS as the bad guy for political ads. So people have this scary feeling, right? That the IRS is coming for them. And and so what are some things that you could tell business owners? What can they be doing to prepare? in the event that they do get selected for audits, you know, what are some best practices that they can be doing so that it doesn't have to be such a scary situation? Yeah, Matt, it's, it's probably one of the things that most people who don't do tax work worry about the most. Oh my goodness, I'm going to be audited. What does that mean? I'm going to, you know, somebody's going to be chasing me through the through the halls of hell for the rest of my life. And, and you know, we get a little bit desensitized to how stressed out it makes people but really, these most of the people that we deal with in the IRS are doing their job, and it is their job to make sure that the right amount of tax is collected. Now, every once in a while, we'll run into some overly zealous IRS agents, but by and large, it's it's not that it's not like those guys are waiting around trying to get you. But uh, you know, the the best way to avoid an, uh, the the problems of it on is to try not to get there, or if you're going to get there, be prepared. I mean, it's like the old Boy Scout motto. And so what we what we tell people is work closely with your accountant and make sure that you do the things you're supposed to do to document your records and to follow the rules. Um, the, the more you do, don't, this is not something you can kind of freeform and just kind of make up. And I know the, the old joke that accountants talk about is their client, their very favorite client comes in on April 14th with a big box full of records and says, I want to file my return. Well, that don't work. Um, so, you know, the real key in a lot of these areas, whether it's conservation easements or captive insurance companies or unreasonable compensation or passive activity loss rules or deductibility of airplanes, it's all about maintaining proper books and records. And there are rules that tell you how to do that, and your accountants are happy to tell you how to do that. We, the, the accountants have that relationship where they talk to the clients and deal with them on a regular basis. We we meet with a, a bunch of our clients and give that kind of advice, but that's really, we stay in our lane and y'all stay in your lanes as to how we do that. And together, 
you know, we hope the client understands what they're supposed to be doing and then checks in from time to time to see if they're doing it right. I mean, we've had some really kind of interesting cases that, that where that was not possible. Greg and I were working on a case where this fellow had, had loaned a lot of money to a, to a, a, a business in a South, a South American country that is now having some serious problems. And, and so the question was, was it a debt? And if, w- w- when was it bad? Those kinds of questions. That, that would have been hard to tell you. How do you maintain uh, those kind of records? So that's the unusual thing. But most of the time, you need to document what your debt is, when you made, when payments have been made, when it's bad, why it's bad, for you know, just picking on bad debt as an, as an example. That's right, Ronald. I think one of the biggest things, I, questions I get, and, and I, you think I'm joking, but no, the, the IRS agents are not on a commission. <laughs> and, and, and they're human beings, so that they are not looking to get as much money from you as they can when, when they audit you. And frankly, if, if you have your documents together, you've worked with your accountant, you've proactively substantiated what's on your return, and you do get audited, because we're going to see more audits, especially with uh, high net worth individuals, and the agent shows up and you have that documentation and the CPA or whoever you're working with can clearly present that, the IRS agents, by and large, are more than happy to check you off the box and go on to the next person. But if you don't have the documentation and you haven't done the work on the front end, then they're more likely to start looking closer and closer. And once they invest the time, then you're more likely to deal with a longer audit. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and I would say too, you know, I always try to advise clients to obviously do things the right way. And that, that's just a general comment that, that goes for business, right? But particularly as it relates to to audits and the questions that we're talking about, you know, I think you it's also good to to always be proactive. That's one of my favorite words is proactive. And so I mean, a lot of the planning that we do together, Ronald, you know, it's proactive planning, be that estate planning or self-employment tax planning, business planning. You know, so we, we oftentimes put these somewhat complicated structures in place at times that do result in a lot of tax. And you have to do that in a proactive manner. But then a lot of times, you know, it, the ball can get dropped. What I would advise people to do is make sure, you know, the, the job's not done when we finish the planning and you draft the documents, right? If we set up a management company structure and there's supposed to be intercompany payments going back and forth or people are supposed to be getting paid out of a particular entity a certain amount of dollars and, and things are supposed to look and act a certain way, you know, a lot of times it's up to the client to continue to put the plan in place. Um, and so being going back to what I said about being proactive, I think really allows clients to, to have more runway to put things in place. You know, if we, we come up with an idea, especially after year end, right, if we're doing your tax returns in February, March of the next year, a lot of times it's too late. So, you know, being proactive, leaving enough runway so that you can draft the documents hopefully before December. And then that gives the client some time to really understand and put into place all of the things that need to be done, additional documentation, you know, moving employees around, moving money around, setting up systems and processes to be able to continue to do things the right way, I think is really, really important uh, from from a client standpoint to be able to be ready for an audit, especially when you're doing, you know, really advanced planning. Yeah, just thinking about what Will is saying, uh, you know, he and I, we've just done exactly what he just said with respect to a client where we end up with 
a bunch of additional entities in different states. And that was less about planning for an audit. It was more about planning for business and state planning and, and you know, family business planning kinds of things. That's what's to me, and I know Will feels this way, that's what's fun about doing what we do. I mean, the, dealing with the audit is the nominal thing that, that we do and that Greg does every day. Uh, but our goal is not just to avoid the audit. Our goal is to set our clients up in the best way possible. Audit's just a piece of it. But it's an important piece. And so when we meet with clients and, and we say, if we're going to go down this road, we have to make sure that you're accumulating the right documentation so that if you do get audited, there's nothing better than sitting down with a revenue agent, having them like using a state tax return as an example, give them this book that's an estate tax return and they start flipping pages and you see them nodding as they're going through it because they're going through their little mental checklist of the things that they're looking for. And that that's how you get through audits. And that's what Greg, I think, is talking about is if you're prepared, then the audit process is just a process that you go through. It's, it's when you haven't kept up with it and you're scurrying around trying to create records or manufacture records that after the fact, as opposed to doing it at the time of the transaction, that becomes problematic. That's a, probably a longer answer than y'all wanted, but that's that's important and fun. You know, for a client, just a routine, you know, run-of-the-mill operating business without any really advanced planning, you know, I think in those instances, just focusing on following your retention policy with business records, you know, receipts, particularly with an eye towards anything, anything that might could be deemed as being personal in nature or entertainment in nature, you know, and, and the client you know, records those as being ordinary and necessary expenses. Those particularly I've seen in audits, those get a lot of attention. And so, you know, try to keep those records and be mindful of, okay, you know, this could be, if you were looking back on it three years from now, this could be questionable. So I'm going to keep this in a file somewhere so that I can go back and explain, hey, this is exactly what this was and why it was an ordinary and necessary business expense. So, Ronald, earlier you mentioned attending the ABA meeting. Anything else from that meeting that that is uh, pertinent to share with the listeners that planning for the future, looking forward, kind of what were the major items discussed outside of what you've already mentioned? What I mentioned is probably the one that's going to be most in most of the minds of the people who are business owners. Um, I will say the, the, the focus of the ABA tax section over the last few years um, is is changing a little bit. We're seeing a lot of uh, movement in thinking about changes to subchapter K, which uh, Will actually referenced a minute ago, which are the partnership tax rules. Um, there's a lot of panels on the new BBA partnership audit rules. So the, the government in general is in a state of, of, of I'd, from the nice way to say it is in flux, and funnier way to say it is like a yo-yo because we keep going back and forth between the parties in power. And so, uh, but there, there are big changes afoot, I think, in how the IRS will be dealing with things like uh, partnership tax and how those things are done, uh, like I said before, the self-employment tax. And those are just by sitting through programs. 20 years ago, if I'd gone there, we would have been heavy on talking about S-corporation issues, but most of those issues have kind of been resolved and they're not as not as uncertain. So what we do in those meetings, and it's a whole bunch of tax lawyers, you can imagine how exciting that is, is is looking at the areas that are the most, controversial is not the right word, but most in flux or in play, 
to so that we kind of see how it's heading. Like uh, one of the big areas that we had a really big panel on that one of my partners was on, one of our partners, Michelle Levin, was on the panel, is how the uh, Administrative Procedures Act is affecting how regul the regulations process is going to be done. Now, that's that's a real wonky topic, but it's going to have a big impact on our practices as uh, taxpayers challenge more and more regulations. And in this case, it had to do with the conservation easement case, but it, we're going to see that APA issue come ab about. So the, the ABA meeting is a kind of more of a wonky place. And so, you know, those are those kind of, uh, you know, wonky kind of issues that, that we did talk about. And Paul, one, one other thing that was talked about a lot about at the uh, ABA and you're really focus of a lot of IRS notices and, and, and other uh, uh, administrative meetings that we haven't really talked about is the cryptocurrency, which we also kind of consider part and parcel to the uh, foreign income reporting uh, that's going on. That That is getting a huge focus from the IRS. Our, our office is dealing with a lot of that. And it's, you know, it's an area where it's not only a large revenue issue for the IRS, but it's also getting a lot of attention because I think the IRS, in coordination with some other agencies, has clearly recognized that those type of assets, especially the ones that are not being reported, have an income tax and obviously huge penalties associated with it. But also, I think there's a recognition that those assets are being used for things that the IRS and the government wants to discourage. Um, and so it's there's a a, a double focus on that area, and, and we've already seen a lot of it, and I and I think we'll see a lot more. That probably also stems, Greg, from um, the perspective of it's it's new and still un. And while a lot of things are known, it's still somewhat unknown, and how it relates to businesses can, to some degree, uh, like most technologies, and it's not really a technology, but I would bucket it in that same vein of. Um, it's unknown. And when you don't know what's going on and you don't understand all of it, uh, there's a lot of scrutiny and there's a lot of uh, let me question everything that I can until I fully understand something like that. That's exactly right. And there's, a, you know, that uncertainty. We saw it with the foreign income reporting there. You know, there's a there's a lot of people that were trying to do it right um, and just didn't know all the rules. And then you had the small sliver of people that were intentionally not doing it right. And so you've got a lot of penalties that involve willfulness and not willfulness. And it, it's really hard for the IRS, you know, to systematically classify those people into one bucket or another. So that that causes a lot of audits and a lot of scrutiny. Um, and we saw that wave with the foreign uh, asset reporting. And now it's the same thing with with the crypto. And it's like you said, there's just a lot of uncertainty that, that causes those those issues to arise. So. Here on The Wrap, we always try to wrap it up in 60 seconds or less. So what would you like to leave our listeners with as it relates to today's conversation? And we'll just start with you, Ronald. I think that I would tell people when you're thinking about audits with the IRS, things like that, don't freak out. Um, surround yourself with good advisors. Do what they say. Follow their advice. You know, Maintain your records. Maintain uh, those kind of things that Will was talking about. When you get into an audit, then you tee it up and you, you have to respond. But if you do your job beforehand, it becomes a whole lot easier uh, to, to deal with it. And don't, don't, don't get freaked out by the, the, 
the kind of thing that we hear in the press because the press is not talking about things to do anything but you know sell their services in their papers and so you know talk to your accountant talk to your lawyer and uh, just kind of keep it in, in, in you know not get too freaked out about it yeah Ronald I, I would agree with that not not freak out is a pretty good theme here um, you know we've got a lot of more, more IRS funding coming there's certainly going to be more audits there's certainly going to be more audits of high net worth individuals, but that that shouldn't discourage you from working with your accountant to take tax favorable positions that are correct and then documenting those positions and really making sure that you are ready for an audit if it if it occurs. I don't know what to say other than just ditto. Uh, Ronald and, and Greg just summed it up so perfectly right there. Um, yeah, and I would just echo what they said. You know, don't don't be dis, don't be discouraged or afraid to take advantage of any real and true and, and valid tax planning strategy. Uh, but when you do, make sure that you've documented it the way that you should, and that you you do follow the plan that your advisor's laid out for you. Uh, and if you do that, you know, we can't promise you you won't get audited, but you but if you do, uh, you, you'll you'll stand a, a great chance of coming through unscathed. And I do want to say thank you all. This is the first podcast I've been on. It's, it's, it's really neat. You're doing a great service for your clients and the public and appreciate you letting us on. Thank you all gentlemen for being with us today. And thank you, Greg, for your kind words. We know that everyone has a podcast these days, but we're trying really hard to focus on providing current good information to our clients and to the listeners. So thank you all for being with us today. Thank you all. And that's a wrap. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on your streaming platform. To check out more episodes, subscribe to the podcast series or make a suggestion of other topics you want to hear. Visit us at warrenaverett.com forward slash the wrap.